Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This was the best episode of The Gifted so far in all of its seasons. I don't think anyone will disagree with me on that. They're shaking their heads. I'm agreeing with myself. It was crazy. And let me tell you, I have two words for this episode of The Gifted. Holy f***! You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. And welcome to Le Gifté, Season 2, Episode 9. We have Jason the Pure Files. We have Andy and Rebecca. And of course, Lauren and the... <laughs> Welcome to episode 9 Game Changer This was the best episode ever Yeah, This was the best <laughs> It almost makes me angry that not all of the episodes were up to this caliber I get it, it's a, like, it's a fall finale But still, like, so you had it in you the entire time If you did not watch the episode, turn this off yeah. right now Yeah, Because... Something that we didn't even predict happened. No one can predict these things. And I feel dumb not having predicted it. Because it, <laughs> it makes so much sense for Andy's character to have that be the move to push him towards that. It makes so much sense. To push him towards it. Yeah, it makes so much sense. And the only thing that didn't happen was Reva wasn't even the one behind it. She didn't even like, manipulate it to happen. It just happened. And that's like so far outside my expectations. Love it. Best episode so far. Who are you guys? <laughs> I am joined today. I'm Stephen Lemieux. I'm joined by the amazing co-host of mine. Tehran is not here. Uh, so unfortunately, we have no one here to tell us how wrong we are. But unfortunately, or fortunately, we have you, the chat. So if we're wrong, please tell us we're wrong. Tehran, we miss you. Uh, he's recovering from something right now, so he's on medication. Can't be here, unfortunately. But hopefully he has a great recovery and he'll be back yeah. when we return on New Year's on New Year's is the next time we're back for this new show. New Year's Day, yeah. New Year's Day. Uh, new time, 9, 8 central, I believe. Uh, but I am joined by the amazing Heather. Oh, me? Oh, thank you. Hey, guys, my name is Heather Wake. And, of course, the fantastic and wonderful Steph Sabra. What's up, you guys? If you haven't already, please hit that thumbs up. And uh, we haven't gotten any iTunes reviews in a while, so go ahead. During this break, you know, you have three weeks... Three weeks to slowly meander your way over to your computer, open iTunes, and leave a leave a five-star rating and a review. You can really think about it, too, because you have mm-hmm. three weeks. So if we come back and there's not any reviews for three weeks, maybe we should just not do the show. Because <laughs> what's the point? Oh, wait, I know what the point is. Because the mutant uprising is happening. <laughs> it is happening in a big way. The yep. show has moved, basically skipped from season two to season four right now. Yeah. Which I dig it. Mutant Uprising is even Uprising within itself at this point. Pretty pretty much. I like how inadvertently everyone's working together uh, in terms of Andy and Lauren. I like how inadvertently they have saved, well, not saved, but they have contributed to the new Mutant Order, whether they like it or not. Oh, you mean you like how both Andy and Lauren have taken leadership 
like in their own way. So, well, you could see in those split cuts that they were doing the same thing essentially in a different place. Exactly. Yeah. Like he was he was releasing them from their current predicament, and she was releasing them from a future predicament. So it's like really, really comparing their DNA and saying how they're they're drawn together and how they're so similar. Um, it's really doing that in a really cool way to have them paralleled. Uh, but first off, I want to go ahead and talk about overall thoughts because I've been kind of rambling. But <laughs> Steph, please, you got a yin yang on you. Yep. So it really was a game changer. Like I should have known from the title that we were going to get something juicy. It was such a great episode. I my level of hate for Jace has just exploded, as I'm sure a lot of you in the chat feel the same way. We've been on the same page about that, uh, and I'm really just excited because this is where I wanted and knew the gifted could go. And I'm really looking forward to the comeback New Year's. Yeah, I remember when I first started the show and thinking, you know, from the, even like the pilot episode, it was so jam-packed. I just remember thinking there's just like a huge car chase and like all of all of this stuff within a limited time episode. And the second season, we haven't really had, it's been like a very slow burn. And finally, I think we've hit the tone again. To the point where I'm like, why didn't you guys do this the entire time? But I won't be spoiled. And even though there are certainly things that I haven't predicted the entire season, I haven't been completely surprised and and shocked like I was this episode. And I feel like everybody was highlighted in such a good way to where we're going to be left these next few weeks thinking about it for each character. Yeah, I mean, it it was a good episode. Yeah, It had a lot of good parts. Um, I was really worried we were going to have that same damn thing that happened to Shatter happen to John, which we kind of technically did, except he didn't die because there was a dumpster there. He definitely could have thrown at that car mm-hmm. and then ran away with Marcos and Fade. But you or know, have Eclipse. Yeah, like, I can't wait till we thing. get to that. Hey, because... Eclipse, just like burn out their engine really quick. Like this is the second a... time where he didn't use his powers during a crisis. Yeah. So I wonder what that's about. There's like, there's like. That I can forgive it. The rest yeah. of the episode was so good that I can forgive that tropic Doctor Who leave a man behind for mm-hmm. no apparent reason thing. Because now they're going to have to rescue John. Plus, they're like in a car, so just go inside. <laughs> like they're in a truck chasing you, just go inside somewhere, like break through a wall with John, like whatever. But I don't want to be nitpicky. I thought the episode was phenomenal. We're going to be breaking it down, Jason, the purifiers. We're going to talk about uh, Andy and Rebecca. Talk about Lauren and the Struckers. Talk about my bad eyesight. Talk about John, Marcos, and the underground. Jingle Hammer. Yes. Yeah, thank you. And, of course, we're going to wrap it up with Inner Circle and kind of how everything came together in the end. And, of course, Polaris being a badass. Oh, yes! Such a badass! Best I think dressed. Right before we watched the episode, I'm like, any predictions for tonight's episode? And Steph's first thing was, Polaris is going to wear a lot of leather. <laughs> yeah. And she was... Absolutely right. So let's break it down. Let's talk about Jason the Purifiers, which sounds like a band, but it's not. It's actually just a band of terrible people. I concede defeat. Um, I've been saying that I feel like Jason's story is one of redemption this entire season so far. And I still think it might come for him later down the line, but it is obviously not the intention of the writers to push him there right now because he is. What's the word I'm looking for? A proper asshole. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Steven's killing me today. (laughs) Just, yeah. Thoughts on Jace. I do love that he's the Obama of the purifiers. I'm like, I can't unsee it. But man, yeah, I just, I hope he gets his 
comeuppance. I mean, I guess we are supposed to uh, still kind of sympathize with him later, but man. Him saying they picked the wrong species to mess with, that's when all of us, especially that was when Steven's like, okay, that's it. Those lines in the different lines that he used, law and order, patriotism, I really like how the writers added those because those have been kind of trigger words for a lot of um, people that think that they can stand behind those words and think that they're actually representing those words yeah. and they're not. They're using those as racist vehicles for and racism. And the civilian militia. Yeah, so... Um, it's like so... It's tough though. It's still tough. Like every time they move the purifiers more towards extremism, they move the other side more towards it too. Because it's like you, you, you look at that and he's like, this isn't an attack, this is terrorism. And that's exactly and what you're the like, inner And you're like, shut up, this isn't terrorism. But then you think about it, it's like, they went in and killed 37 people. It kind of is. And then you're like, uh, what, does he, what does he say in the end? Something about how, like, this is the biggest threat against our race, Ball. And you're like, it's not a different race, they're humans. But then, at the same time, all the mutants are now talking about it as a different species. And you're like, everyone's just kind of on the same board of... Extreme. Of the extremes. And you can't exactly fault... It's tough because you you can fault the purifiers for their ways, but you can't exactly fault people in general for being terrified, especially now that all of the callers are gone. Yeah, and Rebecca's not the only one yeah, of and that mindset that it's just like, got freed. Here's the thing. You know, we have how many people in prisons, right? How many people are actually violent offenders in prisons? How many of those violent offenders got powers? Mm-hmm. How many of their ex-genes were activated? And how many of them were just set free? Alongside all, all the other ones. <laughs> all of them. So it's like, you know, yeah, you're creating a mutant utopia, but you also just blew the lid off everything. And it looks like Reva's plan is anarchy and build up after the ashes fall. And that's not a good thing for anyone, I don't no. think. What do you guys think of, of this whole I situation? cannot wait to see, like, the purifiers versus this the, this prison break set of mutants. Yeah. I think everyone's just in extreme desperation and feeling their own form of oppression uh, on both sides. But the thing is, is that each side has bad seeds in it. The major difference I see, Stephen points this out well, is that obviously they have abilities and humans don't. So you could have similar horrible intentions, but if you don't have, I mean, they have guns, but mutants have abilities. It does, there is a different playing field, but I just... It is really chaotic, but I started to feel John on this. Like, it's hard not to feel desperate on either side of what you're on. It is, but, like, I have to go to what Polaris said in this episode, which is bad, is she says to Andy, she's trying to to help Andy after what happened with Rebecca, and she says, it's not her fault, they made her into that, and if she wasn't broken before she went in there, she is broken now. So, you know... If the mutants that went into these situations and were being tortured by these callers weren't broken before, they are now. So it's not just releasing mutants. It's now releasing mutants who actively have a vendetta against yeah. humans because racism is bred through circumstance as well. It's not just somebody like wakes up and they hate a certain group of people. Oh, yeah. They're taught to hate. And being in prisons and tortured by humans is a pretty easy way to make a lot of mutants hate humans. Yeah, it's an interesting depiction of just the the prison system in itself. Yeah. Right? It's not really set up to really rehabilitate, rehabilitate. or or help people with with troubled minds either. We can we can lump in the system of 
mental facilities too with that. But isn't it? I I always get especially on TV. Just, don't you just like always get excited when people break out of prison? Part of you is like, oh, good. That means if I go to prison, there's a chance. I don't know. I don't I know if it's like I'm anti-authority. I'm like, oh yes, stick well, it to the man. No, I think you made a beautiful point. It is a lot about power and yeah. control and not knowing how to deal with people. So we go to the extremes, which is obviously prison is less extreme than say what the purifiers are on right now. But it's still, I mean, it's not the solution. You've created something way bigger by not just leveling with people from the beginning and try to find real solutions. But yeah. you treat people like they're broken. That's what they become. I mean. I mean, that's true to a point. But, I mean. You're not going to become. We're not going to become Rebecca, even if we were broken. Right. You're like, I don't know. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, like, you know, you, you can treat somebody like a delicate flower. It doesn't turn them into a delicate flower. It just pisses them off. You can treat somebody like they're broken. It doesn't necessarily mean they're going to start acting broken. Um, but if you torture somebody days on end by a collar that could kill them and shock them and do all these things, like, it's going to develop some mental well, instability. Like treating them like they're broken. Maybe I'm just mincing words. You mean yeah, like, maybe we're like viewing what you're saying differently. Yeah. You mean like broken? I, I see what you're saying. Not like yeah, emotionally. I, I, broken. I now see what you're saying. Yeah, like you're like you, they don't deserve to be part of a society. Right. Yeah. Okay. I can see. I can see where we're coming from with that. So yeah, it's it's very interesting to see Jace's storyline and where it's continuing to go to. It's looking like he's going to end up top end purifier. Yeah. Where do you see him going by the end of the system or the the, the season? Well, I mean, I he's definitely going to be in charge of torturing Thunderbird. I think. Oh my god! I don't think they're going to like take him to the authorities or anything. They're going to try to get any information out of him through whatever means necessary. I think. I'm I think, I, sorry. Oh, and I was just saying. I think Jace is going to be a big part of that. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that he's continuing to get more extreme because where we saw him a few episodes, he's at a different level now. Whereas when he said he wasn't going to talk, speak bad on the Sentinel services, that's clearly abandoned. That's part of his argument now. So the reason why I don't think Jace is going to be getting redeemed anytime soon is because what they've done with John's character is really setting him up for a bad spot. Um, As in... Not even death. What's worse than death in this situation for for John? Oh, losing Clarice? The Hound Program. Oh, right. And it would would make sense for everything we've set up with this character for him to be in a situation where he's being inducted into the Hound Program. Now, I don't know if they'll do that, and I don't know if they'll actually be able to go through with it. Maybe the X-Men will save the day. Who knows? But for him having to deal with his friend being in it, him chasing after it, and that being kind of where all of his insecurities and abilities or diminishing abilities comes from, it would make sense for him to be the one that is forced to be the betrayer Mm -hmm. of that kind of stuff. I don't know. It's a really dark prediction for John, but that's kind of where I see his character going. It would be cool to see him go that way and to have maybe Clarice be the one to save him. They didn't destroy that program. Wasn't that a part of a lot of season one arc? The... Oh, yeah. I mean, there's not one scientist who's yeah, running that whole true. thing. Like, there's that one guy that's now dead, but, you know, research stays. It's like whether they destroyed Madeline's lab or not, the research that they currently had is definitely backed up somewhere. Yeah. Like, I, that would, in, man, that would involve uh, 
Jace like somehow infiltrating the Sentinel services once again, right? Not necessarily, because the Hound program was actually outsourced by yep. the Sentinel services. Right. And what happens when the purifiers get more powerful, which people are now on board with, and once martial laws declared, because mm. all these humans just all these mutants just escaped. I mean, they're only going to gain more power and more more. Because the mutants don't have the media and the mutants don't have the resources. You know, who has the resources and the media is the humans. So they can turn opinion every which way they want. And the government's going to have to side with somebody. So let's – and Ivan Soto in the chat says the Hound program's dead. But, you know, the research is never dead, guys. I agree. Yeah, <laughs> They can bring anything back. They can bring it's it all Marvel. back. It's, yeah. yeah, it's a comic book show, people. <laughs> I, can, I can reach into a hat and pull out six freaking names of researchers from the X-Men universe who have done slave seals and different things like that on mutants. So they can, uh, they can figure out some other way to torture the mutants. I can think of a few ways. <laughs> um Apparently so, you're going to get punched in the teeth for mentioning the X-Men, Stephen. Oh, man. I don't want to get punched in the teeth. But let's let's just be honest. Marcos is like a, a dog that barks worse than its bite. Let's move on to Andy and Rebecca. Holy oh. crap. Oh, my gosh. Crazy. Didn't see it coming. I knew that something was going to happen to her. Yeah, we knew that we knew that she wasn't just going to go running away with him. Mid-episode I mean, mid prediction was that midway through that scene where Reva is talking to him, she's just, she, I thought she was going to completely change her tune and be like, I'm going to freaking kill her if you don't do this. That would have been. I thought she was going to be like the blackmail for Andy. I thought she, Reva, was just sympathizing with Andy to get him to get Rebecca back on board or some sort of master plan of manipulation. But it ended up being, like you said, I don't, I'm not, I'm still not convinced this wasn't kind of what Reva was conjuring up in some reality of hers, but it didn't seem, it was obviously unplanned. I want to know if you guys maybe have more clarity on this because she came in and she said Rebecca still has a part to play. Well, now we don't know what that part is, do we? Or I what think, do you think the what was that? I think the Rebecca part to play was definitely dealing with Andy. Huh. Yeah, like I definitely think that that's what you thought in that. I episode. definitely think that Reva had some kind of thing planned. I definitely don't think it was what happened though. Yeah, I just like what would she have had? What would she have done for this whole Regiment Technologies situation, especially since her she can't be trusted. I think I just, just keep Andy on board, probably. Hmm, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I think it was just more manipulating Andy through the use of Rebecca. Maybe not as threatening-wise, but more like, you know, we have to keep her safe from the other people who want to hurt her or whatever. Yeah. Um, I loved that Reva is taking out all her hatred on Rebecca, though. That is a terrible situation to be in, let me tell you. Yeah, You're that prison was crazy. Can you imagine? Just being... tied in a windowless 12-sided die? It just reminds me of those, like, virtual reality roller coasters that you go in. Have you ever been in one of those? It's like a little dome and you, like, the whole virtual reality image is there and it kind of moves, but you're like, whoa! It's like space camp. Sure. We're in the gyroscope, but it's just constantly going. And you just don't stop screaming because apparently she didn't stop screaming. Yeah, Yeah, the most unrealistic (laughs) thing is that, like, the whole floor wasn't covered in vomit. And I think we should just go put it out now that if somebody you love serves you waffles or pancakes bad news there was so much breakfast food this episode i was expecting walt jr to pop up this episode brought to you by ihop (laughs) yeah i don't know 
Jesus. No, I, I, it was it was funny. I thought they poisoned or like drugged the blueberry pancakes or something. I love that she just uses her powers for like whatever the hell she wants. Like, yeah. oh, pancakes, turn them inside out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, parents, turn them inside out. <laughs> oh, room full of thirty-seven people, turn them inside out. <laughs> it was. It's a really interesting difference from the first scene when we saw her because you kind of still. I mean, apparently she tried to kill her teacher, but you still see a lot of light in her, like in the conversation she had with her parents. But when she got in the elevator with Andy, I was like, whoa, like. She's next level. Yeah. Like, Reva put you in there, but not everyone in that room put you in there. You know how you, you knew the power dynamic. And I feel like it was a it was a perfect use of her character as the perfect um duration. Like mm-hmm. anything, if she had been on any other episodes, it would have been dragged out. Like her death had a lot of meaning, which I appreciate. Yeah, I mean <laughs> I feel like... I would like my death to have meaning, but we can't all get that. <laughs> it's tough because on some level, I still think that Reva manipulated Andy into breaking her out. Because at any moment, Reva could have just activated her powers, I, I feel know. like. She seemed rather shocked yeah. when Rebecca came in. And... I'm so on the fence about it because I think you're... I think we're right that she didn't manipulate him but like why couldn't she activate her powers in that moment and yeah maybe the Reva spa- yeah Reva maybe the spatial was... lock prevents it or something that and I think maybe it was uh, I think we're supposed to just be buy into you know the suspension of disbelief about her being shocked mm. and but I just don't scared. believe they wouldn't have a monitor on yeah Rebecca. yeah That's... man so Andy by the way spoiler alert Andy killed Rebecca <laughs> what that was nuts and it was realistic it wasn't like an accident yeah yeah yeah, it was really well played out i thought and it was just i thought andy did a phenomenal job acting this episode and showing a lot of emotion because he was you could see that he he was conflicted about her and knew that she was next level at that point in the elevator and wasn't redeemable but obviously really cared about her I I would have I think this scene the way that they did it was perfect but I just wonder what would have happened if they had even like more of a confrontation as in I mean she sort of threatened it right she said stay here or I'm going to make you stay here or something like that yeah. I wonder what would have happened if it had escalated more It's like she she pegged him for a beta male but Andy was an alpha Yes hiding waiting for permission to be He's an like alpha. I don't listen to you I just smack you and kill you accidentally Oops <laughs> Oh, yeah, she would not Oof. want to be with an alpha. Oh. Nope. But, yeah, she <laughs> no was so way. oblivious to the fact that Andy didn't want her to kill those people. She's just like, no, 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 like, I didn't lose control. I wanted to kill those people in the <laughs> And in that's the bank. my thing. It's like he obviously loved her or had feelings for her. I mean, I don't know. I don't know about her for him. Or if she does, it's not enough to, it's not enough to really change anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you guys want to move to your left a little bit on camera. Okay. Um iTunes listeners, hi. So yeah, craziness. Absolute craziness. Love the twist. Love that we killed her. Love that it didn't have to be Polaris or Lorna. I like that it moved Andy's character forward in a way of like, yo, man. Now anyone, anytime he says anything, people are like, yeah, but you like, you killed your girlfriend. <laughs> it had to be Andy. Had to be Andy. Uh, let's move on to Lorna and the Struckers. So this scene pissed us off a little bit. Um, everyone was getting a little bit annoyed at Reed and Caitlin. Who are the children and who are the parents? That's what I want to know. Why are they so naive? Why is it always Lauren that's like, guys, let's let's use our. I can make caps. barriers. <laughs> you get Capri Sun. <laughs> 
I hate that I keep saying that. Well, it's I love so it fun when you to say, say it. it. It really is fun to listen to, too. Uh, yeah, I was annoyed of them once again, but I understand. We forget they lived the longest in a veiled life of not really understanding this whole mutant side. And they've also lived as humans a lot more. And Reed was somebody who put away mutants for a living. Uh, quick prediction now. People that Reed put away might come after him now. Oh, yeah. You've been thinking this since season one, actually, I believe. Have I? I thought so. Probably. But, yeah, now that all the mutants are released, well, yeah. like, if Reed's the guy who put them there, pfft, done. It oh, seems did. like he's going to die regardless. Oh, well, I didn't say he was going to die. but no, I mean, I, know, I still I'm think just, he will, but, like... Yeah, without yeah. the serum, enough of it. So, basically, it was interesting how Lauren was playing it up with... Was it Neil? Is Neil the guy? Name? Noah. Noah. Noah was an end name. <laughs> Uh, so Noah kind of talking about how his family, he, Madeline was the first person to like, like him and treat him as a human being. And that's why all this research means everything to him and blah, blah, blah. Lauren sneaks her way into the back with him and can throw a barrier and keep it up during breakfast. I love that little doll up. But it was a really interesting point by Noah because just because you find yourself abnormal doesn't mean that that's a problem with some science is that we think we found a cure and we want to put it on everyone but you don't know if your cure is normal you know what i mean like like vaccines well it's like somebody it's like somebody saying i mean they said it right it's scientific genocide yeah um it's like a, a lesser version of it would be like heather right if you hated having red hair and you invented something that eliminated red hair from your genome. I would never. But if you did, and you used it, in my genome anyway. that research that you created now exists. And whether you want it to be used on other people or not is not up to you at that point, because all it takes is somebody to get their hands on it, and they can use it however they wish. Mm-hmm. They could create a gas of it. They could create a drink of it. They could put it in the water supply and have everyone drink it. Like... Whether or not. And Madeline says she reveals her true colors. She's like, I'm saving the human race. But, I mean, the human race. Actually, I think I would do that so that no one else could have red hair. Damn. <laughs> savage. That's really rude. You're a selfish person. <laughs> I am. Very I selfish. I love your red hair, though. There we go. Um, but, yeah, it's just very, it's like super Fourth Reich thinking. Yeah. Fourth Reich. I kind Reich. of Sorry, like that Reich. they never Reiches. really, they never portrayed her as like vindictive she wasn't like a jace where she was sort of exactly i I still don't think she is she and lauren said it best she believes what she's doing is good exactly and that can be almost scarier because you can't be convinced otherwise when you really think you're doing like god's work out here here's the thing is if she wasn't thinking about it for the whole human race if that wasn't her thinking then what she was doing was good you got to realize that. Yeah. Like that's what that's what's so interesting about technology nowadays is like you know what if somebody develops something to save the life of their loved one? What if their loved one has a disease that can only be cured by a more advanced form of the flu virus? Mm-hmm. What if that's what it is? What if that's the cure for their disease and through researching and through doing it to save their loved one they invent this that saves their loved one are they evil if that same thing is used to kill millions of people 
Yeah, that's the interesting point with science. I agree. Yeah, it's it, like, it's, you know, you can't... It, it it's it's terrible, but science is a very strange thing. There is no morality in science. All of the research from the terrible experimentation and things that were done in World War II, it pushed our medical advancements forward like 50 to 100 years. And it's terrible that that's what happened, but... It, it, it still it still advanced our medical medical research. So it's like I'm not saying that the ends justify the means by any means. I'm by any any way, shape, or form. I'm saying it's terrible what happened. But I'm also saying that like science works in weird ways. People have different motivations for different researches, but the research remains. No, it's a really interesting point. I think that that's a huge overall message of the gifted. A lot of things aren't. People always have their own form of right and wrong, but no one really can be the decider of that. It's what right. the individual Every... does with whatever they're given. Yeah. Everyone's trying to do what's for the greater good, but then it's through your own ego filter as is what is the greater good. I mean, the greatest yeah. example is dynamite. The inventor of dynamite hated it because it was used to kill people. It was made for mining. It was made for different things like that. But then it was used in bombs and oh, used to kill whoa. people. So, like, uh, I forgot who it was, but he got the Nobel Peace Prize for inventing dynamite. And he regretted it till the day he died. Wow. Yeah. There's lots of examples of that throughout history. Um, so this is the same kind of thing, except in that moment, it feels like Madeline had the plan of completely purifying. It's like she says she her brother's a purifier, but she disagrees with them, but sh her she was actively going to purify the human genome. Very true. And, and the human genome is very flawed. <laughs> so it's yeah. like... I know. I'm like, I don't I don't know if I consider the human genome that, that sacred. So I'm like, <laughs> eh. <laughs> but that's just me. Give us all the X gene. And what about the, her have... What about Lauren having two? Two of the X genes. That was pretty crazy. Um, I think that's kind of why their powers are the way they are it's got to be one i one is hers and one is theirs that's what i think no i feel like, it's like her and her years. brother both have one of the same right so I yeah think it's an identical second one yeah so it's both it's both hers and andy's and then in andy it's andy's and lauren's yeah that's what we're saying hmm. but i thought only one or is only one activated at a time because that's because then if that's what gets activated when their powers combine, no? So DNA works like a zipper. You guys understand? Yeah. yeah. So like DNA has different um, cellular structures that have like wedges, whatever, when you're, when you're seeing the visible form of it on a paper anyway. And different parts connect and how they connect in the, the string of DNA is what decides who you are and what you turn into, whether you're a banana, a potato or otherwise. So I feel like with these, the X gene connects to the other side of the X gene, and that's what creates one full connection and mm -hmm. creates your power. In this case, two X genes connect to two different X genes, and that's them. Oh, so I feel like they both so have. I feel like they both have connecting X genes that multiply their powers. Mm. The Andy and Lauren's dynamic is the most promising for the gifted and my personal favorite. Uh, and I, I just can't wait to see the character arc Lauren's about to take from the preview we saw. Oh, where she's getting darker? Which we, oh, we knew wait. she would get. We knew she had to level up if Andy was. Because I believe that. Because I do believe they're two parts of a greater whole. Mm -hmm. That if he's leveling up, she has to be. 
Well, that's the interesting thing that we've seen with the Von Struckers is that they slowly became people who are so similar to themselves. And because they're so connected on that level, as Andy gets stronger, I think she gets stronger. And as her emotions build, his build too, which is probably why he was so strong in the end because she was emotional as well. Um, and he just killed his girlfriend, yeah. which probably upped his powers pretty well, too. I know. It is it is fascinating to see their story arc. It makes me, like, what would have happened if Reed had a sibling, too? I think they're tying in somewhat Dark Phoenix vibes to Lauren. Um, same with Andy, but everyone likes that the saying, uh, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Dark Phoenix is is a case of, like, too powerful that it slowly, like, alters the mind to... Because, like, once you have that, like, what do you do with it? Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, Lauren's getting more and more powerful, and they probably know or have some subconscious feeling of how powerful they would be together, which probably even raises that. I don't know. What are your thoughts on it? I, I think that's a really interesting point and probably true, because, but it it's an interesting parallel because Reed just had this great line where he's like, the world's a better place because it's Lauren, because Lauren's in it. But... I, I, it, their powers have always been confusing to me because it's so powerful. You really have to be so strong inherently to be able to handle that. Mm-hmm. I would be surprised if it went all the way to where Lauren joined the inner circle. But yeah, I do think it's going to get much darker for the, her. The line, well, now that, now that where we're at, the lines are going to be muddied completely. Yeah. Between the Morlocks, between the Brotherhood, between the Underground and the Inner Circle, everywhere. The the lines are completely muddied. muddied. Because now you're just flooding everywhere with mutants, flooding everywhere with people with guns, flooding everywhere with just violence. And it's going to be crazy. Yeah, everything everything is hitting ahead. S is hitting the fan, basically. Um, I do want to mention briefly, somebody put a comment in the chat earlier. Uh... Since they, oh, we're, that's with John. Have we gotten to John? No, we're about to go to John. We're going to talk about John, guys. Uh, lastly, I do want to give a shout out to the actor who played, I didn't put, look up the name, but the actor who played uh, Noah. It's a cool moment. It's a great turn. Yeah. Are we to assume that he dies from doing what he's doing? I don't I, know. I'm going to say no. I'm going to play it safe and say no. Unless he brings Noah. the whole building down. <laughs> Do I think that we're going to see him again? I don't know. I think we're supposed to assume that he is dies. Dead. I, you know, I think we're supposed sacrifice. to assume that it's like the end of him, at least. Yeah. Incapacitated something. Uh, do you think that his flip came too quickly, or do you agree with him flipping because of what Madeline said? Uh, for the sake of the episode, yes, but I remember thinking like, oh, well, that was... Okay, you've thought this almost your entire life that it's a curse, but now that this beautiful blonde girl says it's okay, well, all right. Well, no, I don't think he was saying that it was a curse. I think he was saying that they viewed it as a curse, but Madeline made me think, see it otherwise, that I'm just a normal person. Maybe that is it. And then Madeline was like, you should never have been born, which is kind of, you know, attacking the basis of somebody's reality is kind of messed up. Uh, but no, shout out to him. Uh, he would have had a really, really dirty mutant name if he stayed alive, though. So <laughs> let's move on <laughs> to uh, John Marcos oh, and what you wrote Thunderbird. No, inner no underground. Underground. And my mutant power is having bad eyesight, y'all. I'm Ooh, sorry. Can you write it like ten times way as big? bigger? Yeah, definitely. Right? Uh, or I'll just write it. <laughs> I can't. Beggars can't be choosers. Um. 
so yeah, John and Blink. This was messed up. Oh. Because Marcos is just like mourning. John's just being ridiculous. And Marcos is just incorrigible at the moment. And then Blink just gets Marcos thrown into this Marcos will have crap. his moment, I think. But that's not what we're talking about. But I have faith. No, I have faith that he'll have his moment, too, because they've been treating him so terribly this yeah. entire season. I just... Yeah. I, I, I agree. We shouldn't nitpick it, but I just don't understand how you have someone who can be the literal son, <laughs> and you use... And he could, like, just basically burn the entire car in a matter of seconds from a great distance, but you put someone as a human shield knowing that they can't outrun a car. We've already talked about it. Let's okay. drop that. We got five five minutes left. I want to focus on this situation here. Um, how do you feel about how they've been treating Marcos this season? And do you think he'll get his moment? Well, I already said, yeah, I think he will. I mean, yeah. Well, Steph, because you just started talking about John again. Oh, well, I meant Marcos. Yeah, I think he has to. It's just a waste of a character, and he's a great actor. He needs more of a... And he's always been the... He is a a leader. Like, I think him and Lorna have similar views, and they can be great leaders if they're directed the right way. So do you think Marcos will be kind of the new underground head? Yeah, in the meantime, because Blink is kind of unhinged as well right now, a little emotional. Oh, Chris Mo says John might die by this season. No! I don't believe it. No, it's D-Y-E, he said. He might die this season. So we're going right. to get a new, get a new hair <laughs> He's color. He's going to become a redhead. Just Man, I'm an asshole for that joke. Um, <laughs> so let's let's talk about it, though, because I feel like this... This situation with Blink has only pushed her more towards the Morlocks. We got the scene where he said, where she says, "Do you think I'm cheating on you with Erg?" And he's like, "I don't know." And you're like, "Dude, yeah, right, <laughs> really, really." And now she's being chased by people because they saw her powers when they kidnapped the guy. Fade killed the guy, which I'm glad they saved Fade. I think Fade's a good character. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think they should have killed Chatter. If they, if anything, they should have killed Fade last time. Mm-hmm. But whatever. Uh, Please stop killing characters that have potential. You know what I mean? I agree, because no one on any other side really... Well, actually, 38 people. I regret. <laughs> 37. 37, yes. Well, all the guards, too. All the guards to all these mental institutions and prisons and stuff. They might be normal people, too. They might not be, like, assholes. And they were... Like, one dude was lit on fire. And let me tell you, I've heard that being lit on fire is, like, the worst way to die. I believe that fully other than just yeah because it is torture i wonder i wonder what clarice slash blink's reaction to john getting taken is going to be considering how things were left too well what are they going to do put a mutant collar on him i that's a good point what are they yeah i mean well if they can't use the collars they'll have to resort to other things but his skin's so powerful like what are they gonna it's interesting it's like they captured the hulk basically i I um and you know John he I I mentioned this before but he's the prime example of it it's you you say that you're doing something for the greater good but let's be real your ego is driving you at this point so shout out to the chat Ivan Soto disagrees with me on everything so naturally <laughs> he says fade sucks I hate fade well, let me tell you the end of last episode where fade grabs her by the throat and holds an badass useful that was dope Okay, this episode where just bullets come out of nowhere and he kills that guy, 
That's badass. <laughs> that is a cool character. Deal with it, Ivan Soto. It's true. <laughs> he may not be a good guy, but he's a badass. I do have to say that capturing that guy was useful. Like, although John, I agree, was driven by ego, that whole oh, sure. twist was really cool to me. I thought the caller twist was really important for understanding more motivation by the inner circle. I was more so pointing at just specifically the fight between Clarice and John, where he was like, this isn't about me, and this isn't about you. And I was like, well, you think it's It's kind about of about us. <laughs> no, oh, God, now I'm going to have that song stuck in my head. Let's talk about the inner circle and where we're going from here. So I love the scene between Borlaris and Andy before they go and invade. And she says, look, these are the callers. Like, we're going to get rid of the callers. But damn, when they invade, it's like they just have a wardrobe full of black clothing with studs. Yes. It's like Reva's like, all right, team, let's go. Where are we going? Down the hallway of black clothing with studs. I love it. I mean, it's just like the Matrix meets... um a punk rock band. It was awesome. And because I stalk Emma Dumont on Instagram, I know she got to keep those boots. And I'm like, you oh, go, girl. Hey. I know. I liked the I liked that addition, though, that she's wearing metal so she can lift herself into the air. I like that they good. justified it. It's not just like a fashion statement. I thought it was I cool. mean, it is a fashion but... statement. Let's get rid of all <laughs> She it's looks so good. <laughs> it has to. I mean, it is a fashion Hottest statement. character this episode. Who is it? Lorna. Yeah. Lorna, yeah. Yeah. But she's always the, the yeah. one for me. So <laughs> the one I'm I'm always gonna I'm always I'm a leather person. I'm wearing <laughs> leather right now, so <laughs> like a girl of my own heart, I like it. Oh boy. Uh so inner circle, we see scenes from next week and all that kind of stuff that they're trying to make a new world and that Reva's trying to bring down the government. What do you think the plan is now? Callers are off. How's how is Reva? Well, here, I'll, I'll rephrase the question so it makes more sense. What tactic will Reva use to unite the mutants that just escaped? Oh, man. Well, okay. We mentioned the teaser that... Or it was mentioned in the teaser, teaser that Reva was planning to take down government. So I'm thinking maybe she's wanting to ride the wave of anarchy a bit. And maybe not rally them so much. Get them behind my uniform. Just yet, I mean. I'm thinking completely V for Vendetta, like hijacking the airwaves, getting on every screen, everywhere, radio everywhere, calling them, telling them where to be and when. Some sort of call to action in mass, in a mass form. I think you're right, but not on that level of like where to be and when. I think it's going to be come to DC. Mm. I think it's just going to be straight up get every mutant in DC. And she's trying to turn Washington, D.C. into mutant capital of yeah. the world. And I think it's cool. Uh, I mean, obviously, Dawn of the Mutant Age is the subtitle of the season. We have four episodes left. 10, 11, 12, 13, I believe. I think, only right? four, something like that. Yeah. I do think, I mean, uh, having just granted them freedom, which they could never access, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure a great percentage of them will show their loyalty, at least as long as they all agree on the same thing. It's like the writers are reading My Hero Academia because this is very similar to that. I am here! It's That's like one villain here. inspires the rest to start coming out of the woodwork and banding together. Mm. And that's kind of what's happening right now. And will Reva own the villainship in the media or will she try to make herself look like a party to both sides but still attracting the mutants? 
No, I think I think it's going to be one sided for sure. I think a uh, I think a campaign's going to come up that says where are the X Men. Because I think uh, they kind of did that in the first season, and then we dropped it for this season. But then, their one of their ads were like, "Where are the X Men?" And, and I think this season, this next coming up finale in season three, is definitely going to need that kind of feel behind it. Agreed. And they, I think mentioning it a lot during this episode, even though someone was going to get punched from it, is makes sense that they're hinting at it. Yeah, exactly. And come on, Hugh Jackman, <laughs> oh, gotta bring man. in good old yes. Hugh. Yes, come on. I uh, it would. I wonder if Riva and Lorna are also going to have this sort of power play more so if they, if they end up. I mean, we kind of mentioned this while we were even watching the episode that Lorna's got a little bit more of this natural ability to, to lead. lead. Yeah. So and Riva's compromised. She's making decisions based out of anger too yeah. with what she did with Rebecca against. However, Riva isn't worried about. Well, I guess they both aren't, but. I, uh, Riva, I think, is a more big picture person and obviously less throttled by emotions, unlike Polaris. Speaking of being throttled by emotions, we have to wrap it up, and I'm throttled by emotions by, <laughs> about that. Well, uh, I want to speak to people in the chat saying that the bad guys aren't supposed to win, and why are the bad guys winning? There are no <laughs> bad guys in this show. That's the thing, is there's really not bad guys. I mean, there's people who are assholes, but there's like there's not a side on this show that's bad guys at this point. Everyone's acting out for their own self-interests, and that's what makes X-Men so interesting. That's what always has made X-Men so interesting. Because do you take the side of the mutants, or do you take the side of the humans? Regardless, you're still choosing a side against another group of living beings. So, I don't know. There's only people who are doing things in the name of their cause that are bad. Mm -hmm. I don't humans know. are overrated, aren't they? Right? Like, I want the power to fly. Like, I mean, I'll aren't we... Would you? Here's the question: Would you kill somebody to have the X gene activated in you? Yes. I mean, what X gene? Just whatever your X gene is. Is would I get to know beforehand? Nope. Ooh. But. But probably, yeah. Probably, Steph. <laughs> uh, would I get? Uh, no. No. I was gonna say, would I get to pick who I can kill? <laughs> comment in the chat below, or comment after the stream is over. Let me know. Would you kill somebody? To get mutant powers. Yes. Oh, you're not asking me anymore. I'm, I mean, I'm very excited at your answer. We will talk about it next time we come back on New Year's. Thank you, everyone, to join us. Uh, please hit that thumbs up. Leave a comment below after this stream ends because the comments in your live chat don't save. Major shout out to Black Magic, Ivan Soto, Project Circa 04, Nicholas Kelly, Alyssa Ramos, Jonathan Shaw, Chris Moe, and all the other people who are in the chat. Appreciate you guys joining us for the uh, after show for episode 9 of season 2. The best episode ever. Yep. And we're going to be back for the end of the season two come the new year. Uh, please hit that subscribe button for sci-fi fantasy superheroes. And just know that AfterBuzz TV is the ESPN of TV talk. And we have after shows for over 100 series a week. So if you have anything that you like from reality to reality competition or even wrestling and sports, we do an after show for it. So check it out. You can also turn off notifications if you don't want to be pestered by it. So without further ado, we are going to roll the credits with a word from Maria Menounos. And see you in three weeks. Yeah. See you next year. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> 
The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.